Welcome to Off the Coast, Hockey with the Pacific Bias. We have returned. We are not dead. Uh, this is like season five or some fucking shit like that. Uh, I am your host, Joey. I watch the Ducks, and I don't hate it this year. Yeah. I am joined by Penn, who watches the Sharks and doesn't feel like Shishimi anymore. Yeah. We're, we're going to enjoy it while it's early, and neither team is woefully bad. <laughs> I I can't help but watch the earlier part of this this early part of the season and just think, ah, you have adopted the do- the uh the sloppiness, but the ducks were born in it, forged in it. Now, we now is that Bane the or hockey. is that like a Baptist preacher from the South? Is I'm going for Bane. I don't have anything to stuff over my mouth to make it sound more Bane. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know if that would transition well into into audio. Well, you know, Bane might have had but it's, an extra career as a as a Baptist preacher, so it could have been both. I'm also saying uh, I'm like trying to quote part of a movie I've never fucking seen. You, you need to watch some fucking movies, dude. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. We still haven't watched Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean five, so you're always I, I, invited to that shit true. show. I've never, I've never watched that. I think I got to when the tentacle hentai became part of the cast. Oh, oh, now we're going to say tentacle hentai <laughs> stuff. I see how it is. Listen, that was cut for good reason. <laughs> and I, I apologize for none of it. Speaking of tentacles, the Kraken are here. Yay. And they're not Their very jerseys good. Their rock. <laughs> Their team sucks. <laughs> so how many models had them making the playoffs? Oh, so many. So many. It's weird. Yeah, because, like, I don't know. They have they have some good players, but they're, they don't have that many good players. They're, they're struggling to score, which everyone kind of expected, uh, but they're also struggling to defend. Yeah, their goaltending's been bad, too. I think goaltending yes. was, like, the one area where everybody was like, okay, yeah, they'll, they'll have good goaltending. I did too. It's why I drafted Grubauer. I I no longer have him in my fantasy team because he is uh, poop. He's shit. Very poop bad. Power. Poop from a butt. Very bad. But uh, it, it, there must be something in the air or something because you know <laughs> Seattle's come in and not been very good, and they've infected the other recent uh, expansion franchise because Vegas, aside from beating Seattle. Hasn't beaten it's anybody else. One. <laughs> <laughs> and they almost they, lost to Seattle. They did. That was a very fun game. Uh, also, shout out to Ryan Donato, uh, cast off from the Sharks forever in the record books as first goal scorer for the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, I watched that. That was that was fun. That was a fun. That was the most fun Kraken game there has been so far. Yeah. Yeah. Vegas gets a little bit of an excuse being bad yeah, because they don't they're have... missing yeah yeah two two very big pieces there uh though we still have if we're, if we're going to keep talking about being bad oh we don't have three winless teams anymore we just have two apparently montreal got a win at some yeah, point they did if, i think they beat detroit oh so i mean i, I was about to say not to a real team but detroit, no detroit it was not it. This doesn't look like Detroit, was it? Yeah, it was Detroit. It was yes, uh, okay. two days ago, six to one Canadians. 
yeah, our two current winless teams are the Arizona Coyotes, who have zero wins in five games, and the Chicago Blackhawks, who have zero wins in six games. Uh, oh, both God. Central Division teams now, Arizona, out of the Pacific. Yeah, so is is the, is the Central worse than the Pacific? Probably not. <laughs> but uh, the two worst teams so far in the Western Conference are both in the Central. Yeah, and neither team is like, they're, they're really, really fucking bad. <laughs> they're both absolutely terrible. So who wins first? Chicago. Maybe I don't. The, so the Blackhawks play the Maple Leafs, the Hurricanes, the Blues, and the Senators. Oh, so next. They'll, they'll beat the Leafs. That's that's who they win. <laughs> they the next game they just beat the Leafs. That's just how it's going this season. So the Leafs aren't technically a winless team, but I feel like morally, or I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they just got beat seven one by a Pittsburgh Penguins team that's missing like a whole top like a whole starting roster like a whole first line and first defense pairing like yeah and you and could also even say beat. goalie because they have Tristan Jerry in that and he sucks I, well yeah he does well he's, I think he sucks I watched him play against Tampa and he didn't suck yeah maybe maybe that's unfair maybe he's been better this year I just I have that postseason performance stuck in my head that, from last year that postseason po- performance was fucking dreadful but he has been much better to start this season. Did you yeah, see Chicago two? is who I have my money on winning first. Arizona might go fucking eighty-one and one. <laughs> Twenty games before winning. Yeah, or sorry, sorry, zero eighty-one and one. <laughs> uh, and they'd probably be all right with that. I mean, with the way they've torn it down, I'm I'm fairly certain they would be. Yeah. Did you see, before we leave the Leafs, because you know I like to pile on the Leafs, uh, did you see at the end of the, the Sharks game, you know, they were 2-2-1, two, two and one, so 500 technically, but somebody threw their jersey on the ice? Yes. Just, <laughs> I get it. I mean, I mean it's a continuation uh, of futility, so I get it. And they lost to the Sharks. <laughs> yeah, true, fair. <laughs> also, I, I we, we may want to... Uh, I will. I will wait. I was going to say something, but well, I'll wait till we get to the team the team section. But yes, I did see that someone threw a jersey on the ice. <laughs> they also played like their third string goalie, who was not good. Yeah, they still have Hutchinson for some yes. reason, which is wild because he's not been an NHL player for a lot of years at this point. <laughs> Most of the years they've had him, he's not been an NHL player. Yeah, I mean, obviously you don't want to go with the the accountant or the college student or whoever your your emergency backup is, but not a great option, Hutchinson. So, let's see, what else? I mean, I, I kind of wanted to do Karma Watch. You mentioned the Habs and the Hawks both. I think we can, we can also just... To, to make this a, 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 a more smooth transition, we can talk about the teams that have done really fucking well. Because we Go have, for it. Uh, th- that's three. We have three lossless teams so far uh, this season. We have the Edmonton Oilers, who are kind of cruising through everyone, except the, I actually haven't been watching. I just, the game with the Ducks was fucking amazing. It was my favorite game of the season so far. 
11 goals and it's a it's a one goal uh win uh, that's that's what i want to see that's so much fucking fun yeah if you're rooting for your team to tank those are the that's the funnest way to tank uh st louis surprisingly enough is four and oh uh that snuck under the radar i didn't realize that that had happened yeah that's not bad they've beaten the avs and the avs have also had a slow start avs coyotes knights have had a terrible start Abs have had a, as have had a rough off season though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, and then Florida, Florida, five and zero to start the season. Yeah, Florida looks legit. Uh, yeah, Florida is a. I thought they looked legit last season, uh, and I think that they still look very legit this season. Yeah, that Lightning series between them and the Lightning uh, was amazing. a very good series. Holy shit! Holy shit! I'm can't... tuning into uh to Florida to Florida rivalry games this season for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Can't help but wonder if they'd won that series if if they might have won the cup. It is at least possible. It's true, but I think the ones who are probably closest to winning the cup if they beat Florida were the uh Islanders just cuz how far they took Florida or took uh Tampa. That's true. It's true the Islanders had a very good off or postseason too. So those are the legit teams. Um, but I you just... wanted to talk about a team that is playing really well. Oh, actually, they're they are uh, losses as well. Oh, I was there's a bunch of losses teams. Washington. Oh no, they have they have overtime losses. So Carolina, a team that you did want to talk about, is mm-hmm. currently four and zero. Yeah, they're the the flip side of the of Karma Watch. You know, you have the three teams that did bad things or had bad things surface over the off season, and I guess there's more. They, and you could maybe put the Sharks there with the Vander Kane's shit show, which we'll talk about later. But uh, you know, Habs for Logan Mayu, um, and then a couple of other. What what were the other things that have come out about the Habs? Well, Bergevin's tied up in the Hawks thing. Yeah, Bergevin's is in, which we still haven't heard anything about. They've they're quiet about that still. Yes, they've tiptoed backwards away from that issue now that people aren't paying attention. Yeah, they're trying to trying to sneak away from it. Um, well, I guess the other thing was just like Carey Price leaving for unspecified reasons. Yeah, yeah, taking personal leave and doing the player assistance program. Yeah, yep. So, we won't speculate on what that is, but nope. very similar situation to Drouin last year. Uh, he came back. I think he had their first goal of the season. I think he's been pretty yeah, good. I think, I think he's had a fairly good start to the season, from what I've heard. Unlike the rest of the uh, Canadians. <laughs> Unlike Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki, who are not doing so hot, last I checked. Though they might have exploded in that Detroit game. Though I guess you can't really be all that surprised that the Canadians are bad, considering they kind of punched above weight in the postseason, yep. and then they, they lost Shea Weber and Carey Price. <laughs> so. Yeah, they weren't they weren't really good last season up until they snuck into the playoffs. Yeah, and then they got hot at the right time, but yeah, and then they were hot until they were crushed. Yes, yes, the the uh, the finals was a bit anticlimactic. 
Uh, but yes, our friends the uh, the the hurricanes have been up to things, including a successful offer sheet for the first time since I'm aware of while I'm watching this sport. Yeah, that part was fun. It was more the Tony D'Angelo really stuff that wasn't fun. That was very much not fun. And I believe Tony D'Angelo is doing very well. I mean, he is a good player. He's just a bad person. Yeah. And he gets to continue to make lots of money because he's a good player, and in this league it doesn't matter if you're a bad person. Well, I mean, we did have... We had one person get punished for being a bad person, at least. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not getting away with it, but... You have Karma Watch on Carolina, from what our notes say? I do, yeah. I, I think that, like you... I felt that they were kind of one of those fun, good guy franchises with all the fun stuff they do and, you know, being in a small market, having exciting young players. And uh, some of that has definitely worn off this past offseason. I think, I mean, I, I think they always played a playful heel. Now they're more of a heel. You think they're just leaning into it? Was that what this was all about? I, I, I think that just... I, I think that they just signed a player who was good and didn't give a fuck about his checkered past, which I don't think is necessarily relegated to them. We've seen that a lot in the last couple of years. Um, and I definitely will not forgive them for that. That's fucking bullshit. And I wish bad things for Tony D'Angelo's career. Um, yeah. But I, you know, the that, that aside, I think the rest of what they've done, like did the Habs lose.com, which is yeah, was kind funny. of fucking amazing. <laughs> I really did enjoy that. <laughs> um, that kind of stuff is fun. Um, but yes, they are that, that part of what they've done is kind of, kind of garbage. Did Kak score against the Habs? He did. he did. It was his first goal of the, <laughs> of the year. <laughs> that must've felt pretty good for him. <laughs> Oh, I can't imagine what it felt like for Habs fans. Yeah, it felt pretty bad for them. <laughs> In some more karma news, I guess, uh, Leonard's out airing dirty laundry again because uh, he fucking rocks. Uh, with some more very unflattering accusations against the NHL. In this case, the overprescription and just willy-nilly use of prescription drugs yeah i forget was it established that he was talking about nolan patrick or was that just kind of a coincidence that nolan patrick comes to his team and then he goes on a uh you know he makes a speech about prescription drugs and certain I, coaches i don't know if that was ever confirmed um but the fact that and and he also clarified later that he wasn't saying that Vigneault was doing that necessarily. He just doesn't like Vigneault, and he thinks he's a bad coach and maybe a bad person. It was an um, odd just juxtaposition if that wasn't what he was saying. I mean, here's the thing: like, it's he English isn't his first language, and I could also see that um, from my friends, and maybe I should be very careful with this. Uh, with my friends who are bipolar yes, making yes. kind of 
very quick switches in what they're talking about. I can see that for someone who has that condition. I can see that being the train of thought. That makes... I can square that in my head. I don't know that that was the case, but I can make that square in my head. Yeah. Uh, but it is very interesting that Nolan Patrick comes over and Leonard starts talking about that. Um, I think it's also speculated or, or well assumed that this was also spurred on by the nightmare that is the Jack Eichel situation. God, yeah. Probably the most embarrassing thing going on in in the world of hockey right now, and I think we'll we'll talk about that after we we finish this up because that wasn't on our notes, but we should talk about that. Um. So yeah. So Leonard is accusing the league, not as an organization, but as you know, individuals. This is kind of a accepted practice. It seems like, at least according to him, of just kind of willy nilly giving players drugs and either just saying take this or misrepresenting what the drugs do or right. can do yeah. to you. <clears throat> yeah, who who was it? Somebody gave an example of that. Was it uh maybe it was Anders Nilsson who talked about being concussed and basically his coaches just like giving him drugs and saying, "All right, get back out there." Yeah, I saw some former players just being like, "Yeah, that I mean we all fucking did that. Uh, I know he gave an example, and this was maybe a month ago at this point, um, so I don't remember. He said he was given some kind of drug as a sleeping aid, and he claims that his doctor said, that's why you haven't slept in, like, three or four years. It's the opposite of a sleeping aid. Yeah. So I don't think we've seen anything particularly compelling coming out of the NHL following this. Uh, Vigno said, no, that's not true. Whoop-de-doo. Great job. Uh, in the NHL, the only thing I've seen is that they were going to talk with Leonard privately. Uh, and he which also pretty open to means, that. I mean, yeah. He, he has in the past, too. Um, I wonder if it's just him trying to walk the, the line between calling out bullshit and still having a job, honestly. Sure. Um, and honestly, I, I don't trust the NHL at all. Because they'll just, they'll actively cover up crimes and shit that they've done because it's what's good for the owners. So I legitimately have zero trust in Gary Bettman to do anything with this information if it's true, other than try to bury it. Yeah, Akeem Alou uh, tweeted at Leonard after he talked about, you know, speaking privately with the NHL and basically said, good luck with that. So yeah. it's pretty clear how he feels about, about it. Right. And, and cause like, wasn't there supposed to be some kind of in investigation into what happened with, with his situation like in the Chicago organization, an organization that has two fucking, uh, it, uh with that investigation and, and our new, sexual assault investigation under their belt right now. Yeah, and I think the the alley you thing went fucking nowhere. And we all expect that this this sexual assault thing's just gonna get buried until everybody forgets about it. Editing join here, uh getting to this track far later than I intended to. Uh but obviously this claim was false and was proved false 
like a day after we recorded this fucking thing. So we have a whole other episode. It was going to be an addendum that was getting plugged in right here, except we went for a whole extra episode. Uh, so that will be coming out probably the day after I put this out. I'm, you know, 20 minutes into this, and I'll finish it tonight, put it out, and I think I'll try to also edit that other episode. But uh, it's a tough listen. Uh, I'm sure everyone's heard a lot about it by this point, but uh, we will be putting out a, a separate episode about the whole Chicago fucking fiasco, and we'll have plenty more to talk about the next time we record. So just wanted to put in, this was totally false. We were totally wrong on that. And we will discuss it soon. Uh, back to the show. Scandals akimbo. Scandal in each hand. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely... Uh, I, I feel Ali, what Ali you saying there. I think that the NHL not only doesn't honestly care about this thing, they're not going to honestly do an investigation. I think they actively and purposefully do the opposite and try to bury these things. Yeah, and, we, and we've had an example this offseason of, of just about the worst outcome that can uh, result from this type of handling of, of drugs in the NHL with Jimmy Hayes. Yeah, and I that was that was something that when it happened, I think we were still on on hiatus when that happened. I know you and I privately talked about it, and Hayes seems like he was a, or Jimmy Hayes seems like he was a great person, beloved by all his teammates. Uh, and recently, we got some preliminary autopsy re- results of fentanyl and cocaine yeah. being what killed him. Yeah. So, I don't know if... Drug abuse in the NHL is nothing new. No. No one is fucking surprised by this. And it's just something that we as fans ignore. Because these players popping... God, which player? It was like an old Broad Street Bullies era player being like, Yeah, I was taking a couple thousand painkillers a month. Jesus. Because... and, And this is directly a result of how the game is played, how they played the game, and because we as fans enjoy the intense intensity and violence of this game, and it's something we just kind of ignore because it's a little uncomfortable. <clears throat> yeah, I also wonder how much of Jimmy Hayes' story is related to the, just the pressure of being a professional athlete and how, you know, you're you're on top of the world, you get into the league... And then you fall from grace when you can't score as many goals as your coach hopes you can. And then you just kind of get thrown away by the end of your career, which is often yeah, and, much earlier than you might think. And and this, all of these fucking scandals that have happened over this last year or so um, has really changed my opinion on the NHLPA. As I know, when we started this podcast, I was under the impression that the PA was one of the better, stronger players unions in sports that I was aware of. Uh, And the PA is a fucking joke. They're a (laughs) shitty, crappy, little, cowardly fucking joke. You know what they're good at, though, right? They're protecting the rich players' money? Protecting people like Evander Kane. And dirty play, yeah. They, They... you know, they they protect dirty players at the expense of other members of the union. They Yeah, that's wild. They they don't have 
They don't put player safety first. It's not even f- fucking third at this point. And they don't and seem to think, or they don't seem to take former player safety seriously either. Yeah, they don't. They don't give a fuck. It's it's like it, it's uh, pro life Republicans. You're we're super. <laughs> you're that baby's real important till it leaves the womb. At which point, go fuck yourself. Or you made it. What was it? Twenty six minutes before getting. <laughs> Our first zinger. I'm surprised I, uh, it took that long, honestly. <laughs> I, th- I think we might be a little bit broken. So it, it just, it takes longer to burn to, the, to that point. <laughs> True. Uh, I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very frustrated with so much of what's going on in the league right now. Uh, and another aspect of the PA being a useless piece of shit is what's going on with Jack Eichel right now. In which, and I'm, I'm going to make this fucking accusation with my chest, the Pagulas are throwing a fit because the player they liked is leaving, and so they're trying to hurt him as much as possible before he fucking leaves. I, I, the whole... So they're not letting him get this surgery. The last I heard, he was trying to get more doctors to kind of go on record and say, yeah, this surgery makes sense for this type of injury. Has he, has he managed to get more doctors to say that? So what I I read this either this morning or yesterday from Friedman is that he was doing a final appeal with as many doctors as he could to the team doctor. And if that doesn't, like once he's done with that and nothing changes, he's filing a grievance uh, with the NHL. Yeah. Yeah, kind of surprising that hasn't happened already. Yeah, and for a long time one of the things that was hamstringing trade talks is that the Buffalo Sabres were not sharing his medical records. Yeah. Yeah. That does seem very obstructionist. According to Friedman, I think on the 32 thoughts podcast, his agents were essentially doing everything up to the line that they could to give teams medical information about Eichel. So he could leave. All, All this is why he has a what a herniated disc yeah and he's been injured for months yeah as someone with a family member with a herniated disc that's incredibly fucking painful and you can't play hockey with it you need to fix it so just sitting for months because your team won't let you get it fixed in the way you want to get it fixed you can't fucking function with it with a a herniated disc in your fucking neck? Are you serious? Like, that's fucking insane. And this is all fucking spite from the Pagulas. <laughs> the NHL's uh, most beloved owners. Yeah, so it, it's... I, I am convinced that this is just them throwing a fit because the player that they that they hung their hopes on is like, hi, fuck you, you... You're fucking ruining me. I'm leaving. And so they're they're just deciding to put him through as much pain and put his career in as much jeopardy as physically fucking possible until a goddamn grievance is fired, filed. So <clears throat> that's my question. Do you think that Eichel ends up playing in the NHL this year? I mean, it's the just from like a CBA standpoint, he's running out of time. That's right? a good oh, no, point. I guess yeah. it's not, 
it's not a contract, is it? Like, it's not the same thing as, like, he needs to have a contract signed. Um, I mean, it's, it's a good, there's a horrific chance, like, amount of chance that he doesn't play this season. Uh, that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm betting on. Or somebody acquires him, but they just shut him down for the season. And the, and they're also taking his first available Olympics as well away as well. Yeah. I wonder how much yeah. he cares about the Olympics. Players seem to care a lot about it. I don't know if he personally does. There's, I have no way of knowing. But, I mean, that was kind of the big, with, with all of the things that they could have fought for in the CBA... The Olympics was like the big sticking point that the players fought for in this current CBA. It's a, a bad time to be Jack Eichel. Yeah, I, I, I really genuinely, the the Pagulas are another ownership group. I'm like, hey, we should just throw these assholes out the fucking window. They're doing a terrible job. They're fucking up a franchise that gets wicked numbers like with ratings uh they should not be relegated to this level of incompetence and now they're like taking revenge on a player because he doesn't want to be there anymore have you been following the ben simmons story in the nba at all i have not no i don't think i've i've heard about it not to compare jack eichel with ben simmons because ben simmons is being a tiny baby uh, but basically, there's a, a player in the NBA who like, is pretty good. He thinks he's much better than he actually is. Uh, had a horrible playoffs last season and then got like his, his feelings hurt by fans and other players talking about how he wasn't very good those playoffs. So he basically told his team that he would not play for them at all. And like he torpedoed his own value trying to like get himself traded for very little he was refusing to show up to practice when he did show up to practice he wouldn't run certain drills that he didn't want to do and just generally behaving like a baby uh but i was just curious like i look at that situation and i'm definitely on the team side like fuck this guy but in the jack eichel situation it's completely different and i feel like it's it's the the player's right to to go where they want to go and I'm just curious why there's a difference between those two situations. Well, I, th- I think the difference is, I mean, one, the thing that made Jack Eichel want to leave, at least what pushed him in my memory of, of how this story developed to ask for a trade was the medical issue. He had been a good, a good little soldier, as we say in this weird sport, for fucking years with this team being garbage and the team being garbage and the team being garbage. Then he gets hurt on the ice. He gets hurt while playing this sport and he wants to get a different surgery and they refuse and they refuse and they will not move. So he says, fine, move me then send me somewhere where I can get this surgery because I'm not doing the, the neck fusion, which so it's, you know, it's ego versus some fucking kid's health. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. I I do feel like this was the straw, though it's a very heavy straw that broke the camel's back. It's it's 
seemed like Eichel has been on his way out of Buffalo for quite some time, and not all of it related to this. Yeah, I, I, you know, I feel you're probably right, and I don't have an issue with that. I feel like John Gibson's been out of his way from Anaheim for a couple of years. And He's still there, had, though. He was almost literally out of out of the team last year. He almost got traded is one of the rumors I've heard. And I, I don't have a problem with a, a player who's good being frustrated with being in an incompetent situation. Not just the team being bad, but management being stupid and bad as well. But... So, so I already don't have an issue with that. And then the breaking point being, oh, they're not going to let me heal myself in the way that I feel is best. Yeah, I have I have no no negative thoughts towards how Jack Eichel's doing this. Yeah. Body autonomy. Yeah. Which players do not have in the league. Like, that is part of the CBA. They do not have the bodily autonomy to make the final decision for their health. The teams have that right. What a world. Players as livestock. I don't have a good transition. <laughs> no, we got more more shit to talk about. This is slightly funnier shit. No, it's not. It's kind of actually not. It's kind of sad. It's, it's less dark. It's not really that funny. Um, the gift that kept giving during the offseason for me and Penn in our private Discord chats... Uh, Vander Kane is suspended for 21 games at the very least. Yeah, I uh, I don't think he's coming. I don't think he's coming back to the Sharks. For one of the 17 infractions he made over the uh, the off season here. Yeah, I think the last we talked about Evander Kane, there were rumblings in the locker room that he was not beloved, but we didn't know why. We didn't know about any of the things that he's been in the paper for this so offseason. The title of our last episode, Flurry of Moves, I think the gambling scandal had already been alleged. Had it? Flurry okay. had been moved. That feels late enough in the offseason that that may have been something we already talked about. I feel like we discussed it on the show about him being one of the better sharks all season and how gambling on his own games seems unlikely yes yeah maybe and and the nhl did pretty much they're not absolving by saying it definitely didn't happen but they didn't find any evidence of it uh i believe they also didn't find any evidence of um sexual assault between him and his wife uh, yeah they soon to be that was the the assault uh, and it, it was it was sexual. I think it was just straight up assault as well. Um, I do remember the wording on that. I don't remember how they worded uh, the gambling thing, but they they did say that we could not find any corroborating evidence to substantiate his estranged wife's claims. Um, yeah, which with how. Sp- fucking slimy and wiggly Gary Bettman is. I don't feel bad parsing into words there and them saying that maybe they believe her, maybe not necessarily taking a strong stance, but saying that they couldn't they couldn't prove it, but they don't necessarily disbelieve it. I think she hurt her case also by making the gambling on games allegation first because they're 
I really doubt that that happened and there was no evidence of that. And so you go from that to something else and it, it lowers credibility. I wonder if she just, if she saw something and just mis misunderstood it. Uh, I mean, she could be just trying to get to him. I, that's not necessarily impossible, but I, I wonder what she actually saw that she mistook as gambling. Cause that's kind of where I lean as to what happened there. Yeah, that that's possible. She de- she definitely had reason to be fucking pissed at him when she's He's also, you know, a bad person. So yes. it's not hard to believe that he does shitty things. Yes, she she was posting about being forced to clear out the the house that they shared together in the Bay Area while he was in Europe like partying with models, which yeah. which I do believe and I think is corroborated by Instagram shit. But they did finally get him, just like, uh, I think maybe it was Puck Soup was talking about, you know, Al Capone and tax evasion. They got him on the tax evasion. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Evander Kane and forging a vaccine card. Uh, Fucking asshole. What a (laughs) fucking lazy, dumb shit asshole. Uh, Yeah, and, and you know how when teams were announcing, like, we're fully vaccinated or whatever? Mm -hmm. The Sharks had a very odd statement that was... Like it was kind of unclear what they were trying to say, and then that story came out, and it became very clear that it's like, yes, we're vaccinated except for Evander Kane. We have no idea about him. So it sounds like he just did a really fucking bad job at at a forgery too. If like if he got caught, like he must have just done a terrible fucking job at forging this thing. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. But what I don't get it. So he got suspended for twenty one games for that. That's a felony. Yes, it is. Like, why is that not, not a bigger deal? And yes, it would absolutely be looking for an excuse to terminate his contract. But, like, you, you, generally, if a player commits a felony, you know, like, if a player were to murder somebody, their team would would be able to terminate that contract. And obviously not the same thing, but... Right. 21-game suspension seems a little, a little odd for a felony. Um, yeah, and, and you know that no fucking charges are going to be pressed here. I think I think maybe they'd be able to terminate his contract if charges were pressed. Maybe maybe that's the stipulation. I don't know. Maybe it seems weird that they haven't terminated his contract already. What happened with the Kings when Slava Voinov beat the shit out of his girlfriend or wife or whoever? So he got. I think the way that that happened was that he fled to Russia to avoid consequences. So he just left. And then the, and the th- NHL said, I well, he's not here, so <laughs> and we I don't can't remember expect what you to pay him. To his cat, but I think because he fled that he was... Uh, they either were able to eventually terminate him because like, he's not putting up his side of the... Like, he's not fulfilling his uh, obligations to the contract or and and yeah because i don't think even the because he was gonna come back at one point but the nhl's like oh when you do we have to have that uh that suspension hearing for you there fucko yeah uh so he decided never to come back good yeah so i don't know if if you've seen any of what sharks players and even the coaching staff has said it's very it's pretty clear that they don't want him back. Uh, I think Vlasic gave an 
interview in French and basically said, like, yeah, he put himself in this position. I don't want to talk about it. He did this stupid shit. Uh, and he's going to deal with it himself. Um, nobody, it sounded like nobody has really talked to him over the offseason. So I, I would expect him not to come back. I hope he doesn't come back because... The Sharks look much better without him, and one of the big stories over the offseason was this is Tomas Hurdle's last year on his contract, and the question of whether or not he wants to re-sign, uh, and I don't know how much of it was Evander Kane making the locker room shit versus how much just the Sharks being bad contributed to it, but over the offseason, he was <laughs> very non-committal about whether or not he would resign, which I think is fair. I wouldn't want to play for the, the Sharks at this point if I were in my prime. My my one of the things that I've idly wondered, and I don't know if you have any way of having insight on this, is you know whether this was a uh, an issue all along, or if it became an issue when you know half of the guys that were sent to pick him up from the airport as a physical threat to behave left. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I don't have insight. I I know that there was a lot of mentions last year of problems in the locker room, and it was kind of this amorphous thing that nobody would get specific about, but I think now it's Which pretty would match clear. the timeline of Joe Thornton leaving and, mm -hmm. you know, mo yep. that that meaner part of the uh, the leadership group also, you know, that, that element leaving as well, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what kind of relationship he has with Couture, but I would imagine it's not very good from how yeah, things so have I, gone. I wonder if it, if uh, there was less of a, th a threat of him getting the shit beat out of him by a guy I don't know how many inches taller than him, if that uh, led him to be more uh, comfortable with being a piece of shit. Well, Brent Burns is still there. Brent Burns is it's a true. large lad. <laughs> But if if you're if you're looking at just Brent Burns versus Brent Burns and Joe Thornton, uh, I'm I'm much less comfortable when there's two giant angry woodsmen looking to beat the living shit out of me. And yeah, there's just one. That's true, but Brent Burns has the snake farm, which is what you really need to be worried about. Because <laughs> Vander Kane is not a uh, an unskilled fighter. No, he's he's a pretty good fighter. He's not super big. I think he's like six one. But uh, yeah, he can he can fight, for sure. I uh, do believe it is uh, Matt Cook that he sent to Nappy Land. With yes, a single punch. one punch KO. It's too bad because Vander Kane, the player, is I think a very good player, and uh, exactly the type of player I'd want on my team. But Vander Kane, the human, is apparently rather dog shit. So. Yeah, it seems like he's a, uh, a massive piece of shit. So, uh, you know, I, if you're looking for explanations for why the Sharks are 4-1 and one to start the season, uh, maybe Evander Kane not playing is a big part of that. No, no, no. I know the real reason. It's been the reason all along, Penn. Goaltending? You got goaltending. Well, it's, you it's a mix. You got goaltending and now you win. It's a mix. Yeah. <laughs> what have I been saying? The goaltending time. looks much better. Getting uh, Benino and Cogliano have been great. Like, they're so... Oh, I'm so happy. So steady defensively. Cogliano had the Sharks' first goal of the year. Shorthanded. That's... Okay, yeah, I don't know that, that's surprising because he never scores, but also <laughs> him scoring shorthanded 
kind of fits as well. Yeah. Get get ready for 45 more games of breakaways and like just Stone kind hands. of potatoes. <laughs> just yeah. and just potatoes into the pads. <laughs> Yeah, it, it you know, I did not think the Sharks would be good, and they very well may still not be good, but they changed a lot over the offseason. You, you know, their goalie tandem's completely different, and aside from uh, a pretty bad game against the Bruins by Hill last game, uh, their goaltending's been really good. I was going to ask you how, how Hill's been doing, because even though he's not that young, he seems like the the younger of the pair that you would probably go forward with over Reimer. Yeah. Who's in his late 30s at this point i think i think or i think he's like 33 well i so. have hockey db open on another tab just for this kind of thing yeah, he's 33 indeed so they have them both for two years they also drafted a goalie in this last draft who i think was consensus either like the third or fifth or fourth best goalie in the draft so he he could become something eventually but yes, I believe the plan is for Hill to be the starter. And yeah, again, aside from the Bruins game, he's been really good in the other three games he played. So that's quite nice. You know, they've lost Kane, but they've added two, two uh, new top six forwards. Jonathan Dolan, who has had a very unique trip to the NHL. Do you know anything about him? No. So, I think he was drafted by Ottawa. They traded him to the Canucks, and he just had an awful time there. Just, like, not feeling good, not doing well. Uh, and the Canucks traded him to the Sharks for, I think, like a third-round pick or something. And the Sharks basically said, like, yeah, go back to Sweden, go have fun, uh, and we'll, we'll uh, you know, we'll check back in in a couple years. He did very well in Sweden, albeit in the Sweden Swedish second tier. And the Sharks basically got him to come over this year. And I think he's got like three goals in five games. He's looked pretty good. Yeah, that's good. That's not bad at all. Yeah, and he's he's got a connection. His dad played for the Sharks, and he just seems like much much more relaxed and happier. Like he's talked about how his next goal is to try to stick in the NHL. So he's you know he's not like a um, a player who's entitled or anything, right? But he just seems like a nice a nice kid. And some some podcast I don't I don't know that it was Puck Soup or who, or maybe it was just even in a broadcast. One of the Boston broadcasters, maybe I was surprised at their their kind of moment of of insight and thoughtfulness, looking at this player and and wondering like wow. A lot of teams give up on prospects pretty pretty early, and it makes you think about maybe if you don't give up so early, they can turn into something. So, you know, cue uh, twenty games for Jonathan Dolan without a goal and ending with him going back to Sweden. <laughs> but uh, it's been a fun start, uh, and then obviously the other one, William Eklund, much like the Ducks, who we'll talk about in a second. The Sharks have their first-round pick from this draft playing this year, which is pretty rare, especially when you're not talking about like a, a top-two pick. Uh, and you know he's got a he's got a lot of work to do, but he's got three points in four games, so <laughs> not bad. Not bad. So what about the Ducks? What are they up to? 
So we basically went through very smoothly the uh, Sharks high and low tide there. Yeah, the low uh, tides hurdle may be leaving, though he seemed happier in the last couple of weeks. Uh, where, where'd my notes go? God damn it. There we go. Nope, that's my fantasy scores. That's the wrong tab. That, uh, it's the hockey DB tab. There we go. Uh, so, I mean, the Ducks are probably bad. Been kind of bad. Um, but we score a lot. And we score first a lot. And, uh, they score lots of power play goals now, too. I, we started the season 40% on the power play. And I don't think it stayed that high, but it is a very high, very effective power play right now. Uh, which kicks fucking ass yeah it turns out drysdale and zagris on the power play pretty good yeah yeah i think so far and we'll get to this i think drysdale's been having a much better season than zagris so far um but mason mctavish made the team out of camp partially because uh it was just going to be Bo Grew, who made the team out of camp, someone that we actually talked about on this podcast before he was drafted, which is super exciting. Uh, so I went to that uh, opening night game because I wanted to see him play, and on my way there, apparently Jones was sick, and McTavish drew in and scored his first goal in his first game. Uh, it took my vocal cords a literal week to recover. He wasn't even supposed to play that first game until Jones was sick? Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't going to play. Uh, the The rationale behind it was that, uh, at least that I read, was Murray wanted, you know, Grew to get a night, like, this is your first NHL night, and then McTavish to get this is your first NHL night. He didn't want to, like, squish them together on their first night, which, you know, that makes for a team some that's sense. Yeah. bad, you know, give give each guy their night. Like, I, that, that makes sense to me. But then Jones was out. Uh about to become a theme and McTavish drew in and was good. Um, unfortunately he got hurt against the flames. Uh, so he's out though. He looks to be getting ready to come back in. He still has another two games. He has to miss cause he went on IR, but once that's over, I don't see any reason why he would not be coming back to play in the lineup. Cause he's been good. Uh, I mean, uh, on the other side of things, uh, defensively ducks have been, Fine, Shattenkirk has been having like a good season. <laughs> so you love him now? Weird, and I don't trust it. But he's scoring lots of goals and Shattenkirkian goals, uh, and being mediocre at defense. But they're covering for him, which is crazy. Uh, Gibson's playing mostly well, uh, and kind of has a bad attitude and pushes other players around, which is kind of fun. On What's the bad an side of things. Of that? Has there been uh, weird body language? No, more like he's like he's like he's taking a couple pl- penalties for pummeling opposing players. Oh, uh, oh, he, okay. Like he went out and played the puck, and a flyer, not a flyer, a jet went and tried to squeeze around him, and he took exception to it and like gloved him in the face and hit and like threw him around. Uh, mostly stuff. Most mostly the the standard goaltender here's my glove shove you around as i'm probably saying terrible things to you that no one can can hear that's been mostly what he's been doing but yeah he's been been a been a grumpy lad but you know i kind of it's kind of fun um 
the the downsides are are low tides here is that Jones just tore his titty, pectoral muscle major tear against again the fucking flames, and is going to be out for four to six months. That's a long time. And it's really unfortunate, and it 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 kind of maybe puts a bit of a question mark on his career going forward because he has struggled to get uh, to, to really get some traction where Terry this year has been after a bit of a slow start, been pretty effective over the last couple of games and he's starting to fill out into the player more of the player that we were all hoping he'd be. And Jones hadn't ever quite hit that yet, but now he's got to do a long recovery and hopefully he can come back and keep his development moving we will see uh and then quite a few of the younger guys have been really struggling to start the season Comtois has been scratched um he's obviously frustrated he had a, a shift last game against uh who the fuck did we play last the uh, the wild where he literally threw four hits in a single shift just hit everybody in front of him uh and so he's not been at all effective offensively. Steele's not drawing into the lineup right now. Despite having two goals in the game that he was in, he, he really isn't super uh, super noticeable. Hmm. And Zegers has been uh, not bad, but he's frustrated because he wears all of his emotions on, on the bench. <laughs> you just have to read how many times he says fuck on the bench to, to realize how he's feeling. Uh, and he doesn't like he just got a point like a game or two ago. So he's I I'm not concerned about him. I think he's just trying to figure out how to be effective. There's more of a book on him and probably Comtois as well now. So now they're they're having to deal with being countered. Yeah, having to adjust. Um, yeah. Though I guess uh, the other high tide I should put up is that I'm not insane. Lundstrom is very fucking good and makes everyone around him so much better. Is he a little older? I think, no. Ah, uh, yes. He is a slightly older than them. He was like a couple of drafts beforehand. I now have to try to spell Lundstrom in HockeyDB. Mm. Actually, well, okay, so Terry's 24. Steele is 23. Lundstrom's 21, so he's, you know, he's older than, like, Drysdale and Zegers, but... Yeah, he's, he's, he's older than that draft class. I'm not surprised that Terry's older, because he was an undrafted university signing, if I remember correctly. Fifth round pick. Oh, okay, he was a pick. I thought he was I thought he was undrafted. Still pretty good. But I mean Lundestrom already has uh, almost more than half of the points he had last season just in assists. Uh, and actually he's already, he's already passed his assist total from last season. Uh and he's just when he's on the ice, he's defensively really fucking good and I think he just he creates space and makes the players around him much more effective uh, I really do like him I don't think I was crazy last season when I was thinking I think I said that he was one of the best ducks on the ice which may or may not have been true last season considering how bad they were but I think he's probably the most underrated player on the team is he on a line with Silverberg? he has been I, uh, yeah. I mean fucking Fucking Eakins blends the lines every single goddamn shift just about. I'll see where Daily Faceoff has him. I know we love plus minus, but th those two are the top plus minus. 
on the yes, ducks. Uh, right now, it's a third line of Steel, Lundestrom, Silverberg. It's not a bad third line. It's sometimes one of the more dangerous lines. It was uh, Lundestrom that uh, helped in like half the goals in the opening night game. Uh, it was his shot that McTavish buried. Like I, I really like Lundestrom. I think he's one of the more effective players that we have. Um, I don't know what Sonny Milano's got to do to get into the lineup, considering how good he was in the preseason. And he's only had like one game so far. I don't know why Grant or Delorier can't leave to give him a fucking chance here. Um, but yeah, the team has been enjoyable so far and, and good in a lot of ways, which is good because we probably should be selling at least one, if not two, of Raquel, Lindholm, and Manson. Uh, Silverberg, if you can get somebody to sell them. Silverberg as well. Oh. I think he might be leading the Ducks in points right now with a goal He's and tied. five assists. Yeah. Yeah, if you can sell most of those guys, honestly, that's probably not a bad thing. Who's the best name and on the Ducks? Best name? I mean, Steele is pretty fucking good. Sam Steele is like a porn star name. That's very true. That's a good one. Uh, the Sharks have a new addition, also a rookie, who's also got two goals and an assist and has looked pretty good on the fourth line, named Jasper Weatherby. Oh, that's a good name. That's a good that's name. A... His parents, like, uh, it's funny. I remember him from a uh, a game where he was a fan in the stands, uh, it, and he had a, a sign that said, Brent Burns is my spirit animal. <laughs> wow, that's fucking awesome. That's it is. super great. Yeah. His parents are like civil rights lawyers, so he just it's a it's a good story. He came kinda of out of nowhere to make the team. He was one of those prospects that the uh the forums were always making fun of for being like a wasted pick. But uh no. Here he is in the NHL. Well that's fucking awesome. Does your so I, I don't obviously I don't watch the Sharks and I definitely don't watch their opening night game. So the Ducks do a thing they call the twenty first duck where when they have the whole lineup out there, they also bring out somebody from the community who's either done a lot of good work or usually has suffered a lot and done a lot of good work. Uh, and they've done that for, like, six years at this point. Do the Sharks do anything like that? They have equivalents where they'll, like, honor honor people before games. I don't know if that they well, have, This like is a person who's... This is, like, the 21st Duck is, like, a honorary team position, like, for the whole season. Oh, oh, cool. And they'll like they'll like travel with the team sometimes and you know, they get brought out for the opening night lineup. Um Yeah, and the guy this year, I forget what his story was, but like he had battled through some kind of illness and then obviously has like a foundation and works with kids who suffer with the same kind of thing he did. Uh and when when they brought him out, it was so funny because I, I, I saw I saw this happen. I'm like, I wonder if they're going to win tonight. I was all already <laughs> kind of wondering. He skates out. He's waving to the crowd. He looks at the whole team in the face and just screams, let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> and they won. Big ass, big ass smile of Getzlov. Get, Getzlov, like, talked to him for a while after, but as they were skating off. It was, you know, they, they seemed to like the guy, and then they crushed the Jets, so that was fun. Have the Jets recovered? 
Because they had kind of uh, a rough start. I know we were joking. They beat the living shit out of us last game. A little bit okay. more on the score on the score sheet than in the game itself, in my opinion. But they did they did shell the Ducks the last time they they played. And then we're gonna play again in like a game or two. We we see the uh, Jets a lot to start this season. Yeah, um, looks like they're making another California road trip. California road trip. I mean the 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 Kings, despite them talking about at least on their broadcast that uh, they thought they would contend for the playoffs this year, have not had a good start. Oh, Byfield like did something to his ankle right at the end of the preseason. Yeah, he 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 was out right away. That sucked. It was one of those situations where, like, I feel terrible for the player, and I don't feel bad at all for the fan base. Nope. But on balance, it still sucks. Still sucks. Still want him to be a good player, honestly. Just maybe not for the Kings. <laughs> Just maybe, you know, force yeah, a we, trade. <laughs> we we hoped that for uh, McDavid and the Oilers, and I think we're not going to be... Uh, no. We're not going to be successful in that hope. He still hasn't been outside the second round of the playoffs, though. It's true, but... And they still have the same fucking goaltending pairing, which could be just... That could be what dooms them in the postseason again, is staying with Mike Smith and Koskinen. Koskinen is very bad. Mike Smith has his moments. Koskinen is just bad. I I could have said I would have said the opposite. The opposite thing is like, <laughs> Koskinen has his moments. Mike Smith's just bad. Fair uh, enough. So I that'll probably be the wrap up for this opening episode after a, a much longer than usual hiatus in the off season. This season might be a little bit weird because I don't know about. Hen's working life, but mine has gotten much more busy. Yeah. As I uh, picked up a new job that I will be a little bit less open about because there's only one of them, and if I say it, people can just straight up find me. And then a whole bunch of freelancing that I do now, too. So You don't um, want people to find you? Uh, I don't think the, any of the four people who listen to us you know, are going to come find me, but, you know, ostensibly they could be local, so I don't want to be found by some fucking stranger to listen to my shitty podcast. <laughs> fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see um, you. We'll see you when we see you next, I guess. Yeah. Uh, have a good week, everybody. We'll talk to you whenever the fuck we talk to you next, uh, and I hope the Ducks keep scoring lots of goals and losing lots of games. Bye. Goodbye. Follow us on Twitter at Off the Coast Pod. You can find our podcast on Stitcher and iTunes if you want to download us or add us to any of your podcast apps. Our intro and outro music is by Dave Depper, and you can find it on freemusicarchive.com. Please rate, review, and tell a friend. If you want to send us feedback, questions, or any kind of yelling about how stupid we are, you can reach us on Twitter or offthecoasthockey at gmail.com or our Facebook page, Off the Coast. <laughs>